Welcome in to Red Zone Radio. It is great to be here. Great to have you. Just a reminder, you can listen to Red Zone Radio on the iRadio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcast. All right, let's get right into it. The Lakers are moving on to the Western Conference Finals. They will face the Denver Nuggets. And if you have listened to my podcast throughout the playoffs, you know that I have personally struggled to wrap my arms around the Lakers as a team because they are inconsistent at times. Sometimes I feel they are too reliant on pieces of the game. For instance, they're really reliant on free throw disparity. I don't think that a championship team can be that reliant on a piece of the game that you don't know you're going to get. They're also sometimes reliant on players coming off the bench having a, a big impact. Now, we've seen teams in the past, championship teams, have great benches, and there's nothing wrong with, with depending on your bench. I think sometimes they rely on a little too much. And more importantly than anything, I think there have been times where they rely on LeBron too much. He's 38 years old, and he's great, and he's phenomenal at 38 years old. But it's really, really hard to ask your 38-year-old player to go carry the team. And to LeBron's credit, he was the best player last night. He's been the best player multiple times in the this, in this series. And if it was not for him, they would not have won this series against Golden State. And so there are a lot of things, like I said, that have made me reluctant and still partially make me reluctant to pick the Lakers to win the championship or think that they're a championship contender. But they're in the Western Conference Finals, and so I really can't deny it anymore, and they are, and I was wrong. The Lakers are much better than I thought. I thought they were going to lose to Memphis. They beat Memphis in six. They beat Golden State in six. Now they got another giant to slay, but I I don't think it's impossible. I will say as well, something that is going to benefit the Lakers is they don't play to Tuesday. Now, Denver gets that same rest advantage, and they and they won the night before. They wrapped up their series the night before, but I just think it, it was just it's not so much about Denver not being rested as it is the Lakers being rested. And they came out of a emotionally taxing series, a physical series against much more physical. The Warriors were much more physical than I think a lot of people thought they were going to be with Looney and Wiggins. They are going to need some time to rest, and they're going to get it. The other thing. To think about is, if you were to ask before last night Denver who they would rather play, I think they would have said the Warriors because they match up, the Lakers match up much, much better against the Nuggets than, in my opinion, really anybody that's left in the playoffs does. Anthony Davis is the key to them. Not that he hasn't been the key the past two series, but there has not been a force inside like Jokic to play against. And so it allows people like Walker or Reeves to play a big role. And not that they can't or won't play a big role in this next series, but Anthony Davis is going to have to shut down or limit. He's going to have to limit Jokic. Jokic cannot go off in the Lakers still win this series. And I think Anthony Davis is good enough to do so. It's it's Again, it's going to be the consistency thing. And... To Anthony Davis's credit, I thought he was pretty consistent in the Warriors series, and I am still a believer that Anthony Davis at his best is just as good 
if not better than Jokic. And that's nothing against Jokic. Jokic is great. He's phenomenal. He's back-to-back MVP. But Anthony Davis has shown stretches. Now, he's not as consistent. But he's shown stretches where he looks like the best player in the NBA. And if he brings it next series and limits Jokic, and LeBron and Reeves are hitting their shots, and he can limit Jokic, and he can hit a shot here, hit a shot there, the Lakers are going to have a great shot. Now, what does concern me, if I were a Lakers fan, is that the Nuggets are really efficient and really consistent. I think the Nuggets are kind of like the opposite of the Lakers. If you listen to my podcast the other day, one of the things I said was, I was talking about the Warriors and Lakers series, and I said, they can both hit 6th or 7th gear, and it's really, really great, beautiful basketball, but they also can get stuck at times. And that's where the inconsistency comes in. Denver, in my opinion, they don't have that 6th or 7th gear that the Warriors and now who they're going to be playing against, the Lakers have. When the, like What you saw last night with the Lakers when they closed out the Warriors, they hit that 6th or 7th gear. Austin Reeves was hitting the half-court buzzer beater. LeBron James scored over 30 points. Uh, Anthony Davis was hitting shots. They were phenomenal. That's that 7th gear. I don't even think Denver has that. I don't know if anybody in the NBA has that. But Denver, in my opinion, does not have that. But this is what Denver does have that the Lakers don't. The, the Lakers also are going to give you a game like they gave you in Game 5 on the road against the Warriors where they struggled. Or Game 2 on the road against the Warriors where they struggled. The Nuggets are not going to have a game where they play as good as the Lakers did last night. But they're also not going to have a game where they play as bad as the Lakers did in the game before that Game 5. So you can take that as you will, and I'm not saying that I'm picking the Nuggets to beat the Lakers, but if I was a Lakers fan, that would be one thing that would concern me. Because even though they have gone out of these first two series and six games and they look like championship contenders, like I said, they still have that tendency to be inconsistent. And I'm very curious to see how it plays out against the Nuggets. We'll see how many times they can play great. And by the way, I will say this. They have played great in this in these playoffs more often than they have played bad. I don't think the Lakers have had a game yet where they've played good. They've played great and they've played bad, and I think they've played great more than they have played bad. So we'll see what that means for this next series. I can't wait. I think it's be fun. But they do get to go into it with some rest. All right, before we talk about the other playoff series, I also want to talk about the Warriors because people are talking about their future and what's going to happen with them and with a big three stay together with Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson now wants money and Jordan Poole everyone's saying he struggled in the series I think if you're the Warriors before you make any moves you just have to take a second step back and realize that this might not be as bad as it seems. They've won four of the last eight championships. It's one of the greatest dynasties ever. Now, is the dynasty over is what a lot of people are asking. And I don't necessarily know if it is or not. But what I will say is, if you're the Warriors and you think about the past two seasons, you won an NBA Finals and you made it to the second round of the playoffs. I have seen teams do a lot less than that and run it 
back with the same guys. You see it with Phoenix. You see it with Philadelphia. You even, to some extent, see it with Boston. And I don't think that any of those teams should have rebooted their team either just because they don't win the finals. And I and I would say the same thing to the Warriors. I don't know where this notion came from that they should just reboot the whole thing and tear, tear down the studs. The Warriors' core three are still playing at a pretty high level. Now, they could use some sides on the inside. Klay Thompson did struggle a bit in this series. But I still think that given how much Klay Thompson has done for the dynasty and given how he is still an elite shooter, just somewhat inconsistent, if you were to trade a couple guys and if you were to get a little more size inside and if Klay Thompson could get more consistent, which I think is possible, let's not forget, Klay Thompson has had a lot of serious injuries in his career that really derailed him. He He's still a phenomenal shooter and a phenomenal basketball player, and he still is a big part of getting the defense off Steph, and then when the defense is on Steph, catching it and shooting it and scoring. He struggled in the Lakers series, but a lot of that could have been, as he said, he was looking forward to that series his entire life. Maybe it was just he put too much pressure on himself in that series. I still think Klay Thompson is an elite player. I'm not saying don't do anything this offseason, but I just think the idea that you got to ch- trade everybody but Steph and and start the rebuild, this isn't the last dance. Like like this isn't like the last dance with Michael Jordan and the documentary where the GM gave him that year. I don't know why you have to do any of that. It's not like you missed the playoffs entirely this year. You made it to the second round in game six. And you had injuries and Wiggins was hurt. Draymond is still an elite defensive player. Steph Curry is still an elite shooter. And Klay Thompson, outside of that series, I think is still an elite three-point shooter. Now, you, like I said, you could use some size on the inside. Personally, I don't know why everyone thinks this is the end of the dynasty. I don't think it is, and I don't think they need to restart anything. I'm not saying I would pick them to win the NBA Finals next year, but just because they're not the odds-on favorite to win every single year doesn't mean the dynasty is over. And I wouldn't ship anybody in the core three if I were the Warriors. And that's just my opinion on it. All right. How about the Miami Heat? An eight seed going to the Eastern Conference Finals. By the way, they get a rest advantage over either Boston or Philadelphia. I'm picking Boston to win that game tomorrow. But they will get a rest advantage over them. And going back to the Milwaukee series, this is something that I've said probably once an episode, talking about how great Eric Spolster is and Jimmy Butler and how this is why culture is so important. And so I will go down that rabbit hole again. But this to me, after seeing Phoenix, and we are going to talk about Phoenix in a little bit, but after seeing Phoenix lose... And seeing the success that Miami is having. And the talent differential on those two teams. Phoenix has got Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. And Devin Booker, who, by the way, played an all-time great playoff performances. An all-time great playoff performance throughout the course of the playoffs. They were eliminated in six games. And in their final game, 
they were blown out. Miami has beaten Milwaukee. They got through the Knicks. They're in the Eastern Conference Finals, and they're going to have a rest advantage over either Boston or 76ers because of... Obviously, they got players. Like, Jimmy Butler's really good, and Kyle Lowry's good. But it's not just because of the talent. It's because of the culture that Eric Spolster has implemented in that franchise. I mean, it's a place in Miami where there's a, where, where there's a lot of distractions. It's a place in Miami where the game wasn't even sold out last night. A Game 6 playoff game, it wasn't even sold out in Miami. There's a lot of distractions. It's hard to keep players focused, and Eric Spolster has done that just over and over and over and over again with LeBron, with Dwayne Wade, with Jimmy Butler, with whoever, and he's back in the Eastern Conference Finals. So congratulations to Miami Heat. We'll see what happens in that series. All right, let's move on to Phoenix because I do want to say, as far as Kevin Durant goes, I think people see what they want to see with Kevin Durant. If you think he's a great player, you just see he's a great offensive talent. He didn't have anybody around him. If you if you dislike Kevin Durant, you're like, oh, he can't succeed anywhere without Steph Curry. And I think both sides are right to a point. I do agree with the fact that outside of Steph Curry, if you it, like, this isn't even an opinion; it's a fact. He hasn't won a championship, and he hasn't had a lot of playoff success without Steph Curry. And I also agree with the fact that he has been on some pretty star-studded teams outside of the Warriors. He was on the Nets with James Harden, Kyrie Irving. He was on, uh, obviously, this year the Suns with Chris Paul, Devin Booker. He was on the Oklahoma City Thunder with Russell Westbrook. And so I get that argument. But I also completely understand the other argument, which is like, look, he's an all-time great offensive player. He has had talented teams, but when you look at the team as a whole, they weren't that great. When you look at the Thunder teams... They had Russell Westbrook. They didn't have a whole lot of other players. If you look at the Suns team, yeah, he had Chris Paul. Chris Paul was hurt, and they sold everything they had to get Kevin Durant, and they gave up all their bench. Because for years before this, the Suns got eliminated by Luka and Giannis, and this year they want to avoid getting eliminated by a star player that that way. And what's ironic is they ended up being eliminated by a star player that same way. But they said, okay, let's get more star power and let's trade away our bench. Well, now you have the opposite problem. Before, they had such a great bench, but they didn't have any star power. Now they have great star power, but they don't have a great bench. And he essentially created the same problem for them where they got taken out They got taken out by a team with a great star player and a great bench. And so I, I do agree, though, when you look at this team, you can say, yeah, it's talented. Okay, he's got Devin Booker, and Devin Booker played a great series. But at the same time, Chris Paul was hurt, and they had absolutely no depth at all. And they were playing a team with great size, and they didn't have that size. So, why the fact is true on the one side that, yes, he hasn't a lot of playoff success without Steph Curry, I think there are a lot of reasons outside of people that don't like Kevin Durant. I think there are a lot of reasons for that, and all those reasons are not Kevin Durant isn't good without Steph Curry. 
I don't think that's true at all that he's not going down Steph Curry. He's clearly great. He's one of the best offensive players in the game. But why the stat is true, I think there are many different reasons for that. And those reasons are not that he's a bad player without Steph Curry. Alright, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Have a great day, and I will see you next time on Red Zone Radio.